0: The North worker Weekend Podcast is brought to you by Sherry Winter-Parker of Corcoran. Sherry is the North Fork's top real estate agent and top producer from 2005 through 2020. Welcome to another episode of the North Forker Podcast. I am McLena Defont, and I am here today with Glisha Balomia and Sarah Austin. Hi there, ladies.
1: Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. I feel like we've been talking about summer for a long time, but like... <laughs> now it's finally here.
0: Yes, I totally agree. Um, and I'm super happy that it is really finally here. Um, but I I do feel like we've been talking about like, oh, summer's coming since like February, but I'm really okay with all of that. So
1: yes, for sure.
0: Um, today though, we are here to talk about our June issue. And I also feel like we've been talking about our summer issues for a while, but this issue is a really special one. um, it is uh, has so many fun stories uh, about all different things. Some things on the fork, some things off the fork, which is fun for us. Um, just to get your your North Forky fill, but elsewhere.
2: Yeah, I think, um, you know, the, the sort of rough theme of this issue is exploration, both on the North Fork and off, as you said. And it's just feels like a great moment for it as things are starting to reopen and we're seeing so many North Fork institutions and events come back and people are sort of, you know, feeling a little bit um you know, like it's safe and exciting to go out and and try things again, you know, while being responsible, of course. Um, So it's just a great issue to give you ideas to really embrace the summer and the reopening. Um, And it's also the biggest issue that North Forker has ever published.
0: Yes, it definitely was. It was a lot of of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of fun to put together. A lot of work, um, but I love it so much. And I haven't been able to get my hands on a physical copy yet, although the magazine is out this week. Um, But I have a digital version here, and we're so excited to talk with um, with you, ladies, today about some of the fun stories within. Let's Let's do it. Our cover story for the magazine um, is about kind of road tripping, so places that you can get to easily from the North Fork or really kind of anywhere from like the Long Island or New York City area um, and places and and experiences that we think have a North Fork feel. Um, A lot of them are, most of them, if not all, are food-based, which we also really love. So Felicia, I'll let you talk about um, a great little road trip experience um, that you had.
1: Yeah, so my little worth leaving the North Fork item is, um, in Southampton. It's this new, I guess the closest description that people would recognize is like a gourmet grocery store. Um, but the way that the owners described it to me was like a chef's pantry, but for everybody, which I feel like is a very good way to describe it. You walk in, um, it's right in downtown Southampton. You walk in, it's called Hen of the woods and you, you walk in and to the left is like a case of just almost fantastical looking produce from like um, huge stalks of asparagus and a incredible variety of mushrooms that you've never heard of, which is where the name comes from. Cause uh, there's a variety of mushroom called hen of the woods. Um, To like different berries and it's very colorful and fun. And it almost looks like a case of food that you would see in like the Alice in Wonderland universe. Yeah, that's how it sounds almost like slightly
0: like Willy Wonka-esque. For sure. Um, delicious way ever.
1: Yeah. And, you know, continuing down the store, they have different oils and pastas and salts and vinegars that they've imported from like different countries different areas of this country and also locally um but also like if if you're not much of a cook but you still like the idea of the place they have um a whole case on the right side of the store of prepared foods where they have a chef in-house that uses the ingredients from the market and makes it into different dishes that you can just grab and go so it's really cool spot that sounds incredible. I haven't yet um, got myself
0: there yet, but I definitely have to. It sounds like a lot of fun, and I love that they're also prepared things that you can kind of um, enjoy, even if you don't want to whip with- out yourself. Definitely. So, Sarah, let's talk about um, an off the fork experience that you recommend.
2: Yeah, I wrote about doing a Korean food crawl in Manhattan. Um, I don't know about you guys, but when I'm back in the city after being on the North Fork for a long time, the first thing I do is just order piles of Asian food. I love it. And it's so good in the city. We're so lucky to to have such a variety. So um, one of the trends that was happening in 2020 and 2021 is um, what I called creative Korean, but it's just, um, you know, sort of Korean restaurants that are also informed by street food and other cuisines and mashups, and they're just really fun. Um, there's one called Cajun, which is Korean Cajun. Um, definitely a concept I had never heard before, but it's delicious, like you, K- Korean gumbo, and it's a takeout only concept on the upper East side, so you can take that and then just go to Central Park and have the most amazing picnic. Um, so very 2021 experience. Yeah. Um, and one of the other fun um, trends in the city is the Korean corn dog. Mm-hmm. They're a little um, over the top, but I love it. <laughs> so you get the corn dog, but instead of, well, you can get the traditional like carnival one, but you can also get them wrapped in like, crispy rice it's almost like a rice crispy corn dog situation you can get them with um a sweet korean rice cake wrapping them they have toppings anyway there's two competing chains that are in times square and the meatpacking district you go to snowy village or you can go to two hands which is in the east village so you're kind of never too far away from trying this crazy um new trend
0: that sounds like a lot of fun it just sounds like a Obviously, it's definitely a new trend, but it sounds like kind of uh, who can do this, who can like level up at this point, like which one can get crazier. So, and I like that. That's kind of fun. It always makes for exciting cuisine.
2: Absolutely exciting and great for your Instagram feed. So it's definitely Instagram food. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that it's portable. And these are all sort of experiences that you can still do outside while wandering around and checking out the city. 100%. So my
0: pick, um, my destination was actually in Mystic, Connecticut, uh, which has become a pretty big foodie scene over uh, across the sound. Um, And I spotlighted a a Mexican restaurant called Rio Salado, um, which is in downtown Mystic, Connecticut. And um, they're basically, um, Chef Francis Medina is pumping out some amazing Mexican food. It's authentic, but it kind of has like an elevated approach to it um, with a modern twist, she says. So the food sounds incredible. The photos of it look amazing. Um, I like their approach and the setting It just seems so cool. It has like a nice um, vibe to it. And there's like a nice little outdoor area as well. And then another spot in Mystic that um, I would definitely go to probably after for dessert is a place called Mix at Sift. Um, so Sift is a bake shop in downtown Mystic and it's really well known for their incredible pastries and beautiful desserts. Um, but they also opened a cocktail bar on their rooftop. So dessert and cocktails to me, that is just, that's like the best day.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) um, Beautiful dessert and cocktails is definitely, um, on my list over in Mystic and it makes, they make it pretty easy to do. And also it's very pretty. And like Sarah was saying about, her picks, Um, this is also super Instagrammable as well.
2: So both of these sound so delicious. And I just love the little day trip over to mystic you, from Orient point. You just hop on the cross sound ferry and you have a nice boat ride and, um, you're basically there and, you know, you could see the long Island sound from the other angle. Yes. It's a
0: pretty easy and convenient, um, off the fork pick for sure. Um, there were many others in the story. So, so many great spots across the Island, in New York City um, and then again in Connecticut to choose from, there is a bacon hot spot in Glen Cove, which would not be my pick because I don't eat meat. However, people <laughs> seem to love this place. So if anyone is in the mood for to get their bacon fill, um, head over to uh, Chef Harry Schwartz's restaurant um, over in Glen Cove um, and enjoy Garden of Bacon, which
2: is really cute. <laughs> um, oh, cute. And they even have dog treats to go. So you can, you can get a snack for your dog too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there's also a
0: great spot in Huntington, um, which is on the North shore. And if you're talking about Instagram places, this definitely is a good spot to hit. They have this huge mural of Anthony Bourdain and their food is really fun and funky. Um, and it's called the grub shop. Um, and the chef there, Sal Di Benedetto, um, refers to himself as the the Grub Father, which is <laughs> really fun too. So, <laughs> so, many good spots to check out here. Um, tons more in the magazine. So when you get your issue, um, take a look and then go head up some of these spots this summer.
2: Yeah, enjoy your foodie road trip. Yes.
0: So this is a food story, but this is also a outdoor garden-y kind of story. Um, Felicia wrote a really fun story called The Secret Life of Weeds. um, And it is about turning your pesky weeds into things to eat or things to do with them. Um, And I'll I'll let you take over, Felicia, to talk about all the fun weeds we can look for in our gardens and uh, make use out of.
1: Yeah. So I think one of the biggest takeaways I had from writing this story and talking to local chefs and local herbalists about, you know, quote unquote weeds is that weeds are just, there's no difference between weeds and things that you intend to grow in your yard, other than the fact that you intend to grow them. And that, and it's just weeds just don't have a good rap. And um, that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with them. It's just that they're unwanted by society. Well, and so
0: common, you wrote this really fun story. <laughs> now they'll be, people right. will be growing them intentionally, of course.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. So a lot of these so-called weeds, just like are these unwanted plants that grow naturally, many in many cases in your yard, um, are edible. And so I talked to um, a few local chefs who are experts in this about different ways that you can identify these weeds and different ways that you can eat them um the first thing that you'll have to do is make sure that your yard is edible and that you're not treating it with anything and um if you read the article there's more about that in there and and how to go about that and then talking to local herbalists about different ways that you can consume these weeds so like one of the most well-known and recognizable is dandelion and like using the dandelion leaves, which can be, they're similar to like a bitter green and using that in a salad or um, garlic mustard to make a pesto or nettles to make a pesto or like adding different ones to soup. And there's honestly countless different ways that you could take, you know, your weeds that grow in your yard, that if you just let your yard go, these things will come up naturally. You can harvest them and use them to your benefit, which I think is just a really awesome way to look at a yard instead of like fighting with it. Why don't you just let what nature does happen and use it to your benefit?
0: Yeah, I really love that. Um, and I've had dandelion greens quite a few times and they're delicious. I've also had the tea um, from the dandelion festival that uh, KK's the farm puts on um, in the past and yeah, weeds are, can be really delicious. And, um, people consider ramps weeds. However, if you are a North worker, you know, that ramps are like the hottest item ever right now. (laughs) Um, And farm sand saw them so quickly. Um, but if you can get your hands on them, they're incredible. Um, and it's just, it was nice to read, um, the story, Felicia, and to learn more about weeds and what I can do with them. And I also loved that after I had read this, Uh, when you had first written it and we were first in the magazine together, it was just about springtime, uh, maybe just slightly before. And then I noticed so many of these in my yard and I was so excited about them uh, rather than bothered by them. So Mm -hmm. um, I think I still have a few nettles that are popping up. um, And before my husband chops them all down, I think I'm going to pull a few and maybe make some pesto.
1: For sure. Definitely.
2: I also have many weeds in my yard, which is something that I've always felt bad about. But now you've made me feel virtuous. That <laughs> I, I have. I've been letting it just grow as nature intended, yeah. and I love the variety of sources that you talk to chefs and herbalists and farmers just sort of all extolling the virtues of eating your weeds and how to do it safely and test your soil. And um, yeah, it definitely, it has me, you know, I downloaded an app and I'm just like checking out what each plant in my yard is and what I can do with it. So um, it just sort of opened up a whole world of possibility that I hadn't even noticed before.
0: Yes, definitely. Um, So Felicia, thank you for inspiring both of us. and I'm sure uh, many of our readers who will be uh, um, excited to read the story and to do fun things with their weeds this summer. Yeah. So we also in our magazine, um, um, Len Thomas, who is our wine contributor, wrote a really fun story about um, an at-home rosé tasting and things that you want to have on hand and things that you want to do and um, the do's and don'ts and great bottles to start with. Um, so Sarah, do you want to chat about this for a minute?
2: Yeah, I just, um, I knew I wanted to call Len when I wanted to do something about Rosé because I knew he'd have opinions and he of course did. He hosts um, wine tasting at home all the time. So he had really smart ideas, just everything from, you know, make sure you have a white tablecloth so you can see the color of the wine, um, and give everybody the same, you know, you can mix and match your glasses, but give everybody a set of the same types of glass so that you're not introducing any differences to the various wine. You know, the the taste. Um, it's just the wine is the only thing that's different from your experience. Um, he suggested um, some things to snack on and. Um, how you can score the wines, but it's basically just about having fun. And as he said, also, you know, splitting the costs, you can try all of these fabulous local rosés with that, you know, and have everybody bring one. Um, And it's a really affordable, lovely way to host people at home now that we can do that again.
0: Yeah, it's a great way to do it. And these picks um, are definitely fantastic bottles of rosé. And I like that he points out that um, basically wine tasting is It's completely up to you and your palate. So there's absolutely no wrong response to um, how did you feel about that glass or what did you taste or um, did you enjoy it? And he just kind of reminds um, everyone of that as well. So definitely always good to keep in mind.
2: Absolutely. Our theory of wine. It's just what you like is what you like. And he um, he suggested a half dozen local rosés that not necessarily he tried, I think, about 20 rosés for the story. So (laughs) he's a hero. (laughs) Um, He picked not the ones he thought were necessarily like the absolute best he tasted, but a really interesting variety that would make a good tasting at home. Because they use different grapes and different methods, so um, so you can use those, or you can head to any of our you know fantastic local um, wine stores. Like I go to Greenport Wines and Spirits in Greenport. I know people at Village Manituck, um, and just ask them. You know, can can you set up a variety for a tasting so that everyone will have you know contrasting flavors?
0: Yeah, it's a really great point. Is that you want to have not necessarily only the best or, you know, best um, wines, you also want to have a variety of flavors and, um, and different bottles that smell differently and, and the whole entire thing so that you can get a, get a nice wine tasting experience. So Sarah, you wrote a story um, that was so interesting to me about the night sky, the North Fork night sky Um, and that it is endangered and it really honestly is with light pollution. Um, however, I love that, um, this is, this is, and
2: should be top of mind for, for us North Forkers, um, making sure we're- I wanted to write about the night sky simply because I've been looking at it so much over the past year. And, um, now that summer's coming, it's such a fun time to be outside at night and, um, just sort of looking up at the stars and I love understanding what I'm looking at. And, um, so I'm definitely, I mean, an amateur stargazer with a huge emphasis on the word amateur. Um, but I thought oh, I will go over to the Custer, um, observatory. Cause there's such an amazing resource on the North fork. It's Long Island's oldest, um, observatory. And it's right here in South hold. So, um, when I started talking to them, um, it, it became a more interesting story in that, um, as you said, the dark sky is actually an endangered natural resource on the North Fork. We don't think of it as that, but um, because we have so much more light, more population, more um, businesses, more, simply more people, especially over the past year, um, it's lighter at night and it's turning our beautiful, Nights in today, which is a problem not only for your stargazers, but also for um, nocturnal animals, for uh, farmers who rely on moths to pollinate some of their plants at night. Um, on, and on, you know, your ability to sleep your and your health. So it's, uh, affects a whole range of things. And I, I now, every time I look at the sky, I think of it as just like a body of water or a forest. It's a natural resource. So the story has some really simple ways, um, to help protect the dark sky and, um, there's a coalition that's working on it um, on the North Fork of environmental groups, retail groups, government groups, as well as the Custer Observatory to make sure that we um, don't, you know, accidentally erase um, our beautiful stars.
0: Yeah, this is so important. And um, like you, I also, when we were talking about initially writing the story, I thought it was just going to be a fun guide to the summer sky um, on the North Fork. And I love what it ended up being and it definitely has brought so much more awareness to me and I'm sure that it will bring so much more awareness to our readers too. And, um, collectively we can all kind of work together to try to minimize as much as we can, um, and protect our sky. Um, and along with that, you also did a fun guide to the summer sky. So you listed a few things that we can see in the sky at different times, um, with help of the Custer Institute, um, different solstices, different super moons, um, new moons, meteor showers, Jupiter. It just, it's so cool because I think that so, we obviously look up all the time. Um, and so many of us that do appreciate the night sky don't really know what we're looking at. So this is so cool. This little guide to, for us to check out the night sky throughout the summer.
2: Yeah. And there's a lot going on this summer. It's really exciting. <laughs> Saturn at opposition in August. And then a few weeks later, the, um, meteor shower. So, a great thing to know is that the Custer Institute is there, it's open every Saturday night, as long as the skies are clear and the people there while volunteers have extreme expertise in all things stars and are delighted to not only show you the stars, but to help you learn to take night photography, to pick out a telescope, You know, any questions you have, they were just incredibly lovely and such supporters of um, uh, the North Fork community.
0: Yeah, they really are. Felicia and I went, I think it was winter time, right? Felicia, or maybe like late fall. Yeah. Um, We met at Custer Institute one Saturday night and I was blown away by how amazing and how helpful and informative um, the volunteers and folks are there. They're just so wonderful. And it was really cool. I I think I learned so much that night and I have such a deep appreciation for, um, for all the information that they had given us. So it was really incredible. Um, and like Sarah said, every Saturday night, you can head there. Um, I believe it stays open until I want to say like midnight. It's, it's very late, but it's really, really incredible. And the fact they're all, it's all volunteer base is really amazing. So um, definitely a great spot to go. We also um, did a story in this magazine um, about what if like North Forker planned your wedding, um, which was fun. We got to pick, four different venue ideas or four different themes like a barn wedding or a beachy wedding or a nautical vibe or a vineyard wedding. And we partnered that with um, our dream caterer and what invitation suite we think would go well. Um, And it was just a really fun story and it came together really nicely. And our freelancer, Lauren Parker um, had pulled this together for us and um, it's just kind of fun. So for those people who are planning their wedding um, just, you know, head, head to the story and check it out for some inspiration for a really fun North Fork wedding.
2: I'm not planning a wedding, but I still love looking at all of the beautiful pictures of the venues and the weddings and seeing all of the fun options that you can do on the North Fork. And I know that you had a barn wedding and I had a nautical wedding. So, um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Um, it's Weddings to the North Fork are very special and we hope that we captured some of that essence uh, with the story, so. All right, well, that wraps it up. There's also a ton, ton, ton more in this amazing issue. Um, so people, it is out there, grab it, pick it up at vineyards and restaurants and wineries and breweries and markets and everywhere
2: this weekend um, and throughout the month of June. Yeah, enjoy June on the North Fork. It doesn't get much better.
0: It does not. Well, thank you ladies for joining me and we'll be back next week.
2: See you guys later. Bye.